4: Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Question, should landlords be prohibited from inquiring about the criminal history of current or potential tenants? This gets a little complicated, but I've got the perfect person in the on-deck circle to help us all understand. The Seattle Times headline reads as follows. Seattle landlords can ask about criminal records. A key portion of a Seattle law meant to guard against housing discrimination is unconstitutional. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled on Tuesday, but it upheld other parts of the law. The lawsuit took aim at Seattle's fair chance housing ordinance that was passed in 2017, which barred most landlords from asking prospective tenants about, quote, any arrest record, conviction record or criminal history or refusing to rent to tenants because of that history. The law was meant to help people with criminal records access housing and to protect against policies that can disproportionately harm renters of color because of disparities in the legal system. It included several exemptions, including allowing landlords to refuse a tenant based on sex offender status. Now, the confusing part. Several landlords and trade organizations sued the city in 2018. They said it violates their free speech and due process rights. The Ninth Circuit issued a mixed decision. The court found the prohibition against asking the criminal history overly broad and unconstitutional. Okay, I get that. However, the three judge panel upheld the prohibition on taking adverse action against a tenant like refusing to rent to them based on their record. Thank goodness I've got Eugene Vollock to sort it all out for me. He's the Gary Schwartz Distinguished Professor of Law at UCLA. I read his work online at the Volokh Conspiracy. This is Professor Eugene Vollock. Professor, thank you for coming back to the program. Can you help me understand the outcome of this case?
2: Sure. Um, so the First Amendment uh, protects speech, but it doesn't protect uh most conduct uh the constitution in general leaves the government fairly free to decide uh on restrictions on people's property rights and the like uh, at least short of taking of, of private property so the government can say look you can't discriminate based on um, uh on criminal history uh, you, so you have to treat equally the people who, who come to you, regardless of criminal history. But when it comes to restricting speech, and one way of speaking is by asking questions, the, uh, the First Amendment does restrict the government. Um, now, as a practical matter, of course, say you're a Seattle landlord, even though you're now allowed to speak allowed to ask these questions it's kind of pointless for you to ask them because you can't act on them in fact it's dangerous for you to ask them because if you ask the questions and then refuse to rent to a tenant then they could use your asking the question as evidence uh, that the reason that they uh, that you refuse to rent to them is because of their criminal history so um, so as a practical matter uh the uh, uh landlords really are, are aren't much benefited by this decision uh, as a legal matter uh, this does set a precedent for uh the right to ask people about things in uh in other contexts So it might be helpful to other businesses who in the future uh, uh, will be subject to uh, just the speech restrictions. Uh, They could use this precedent to strike down those speech restrictions. But as a practical matter, I think that Seattle landlords really uh, will have a very hard time uh, 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 being able to ask these questions because they can't act on the
4: answers. Don't you think that the landlords often will ask and then maybe deny, but say, oh, no, no, it wasn't because of your rap sheet. It was because you weren't paying enough. The security deposit was an issue. Somebody else came along. It'll be a subterfuge.
2: So they could, but that would be dangerous for them precisely because they'd be open to lawsuits claiming that it's a subterfuge. Uh, that the, question, that uh, uh, the best way of showing you're not discriminating. Uh, based on criminal histories, by saying, "Look, I don't even know this person's criminal history. How could I discriminate against it, uh, against them, based on it?" And uh, the very fact you're asking these questions suggests you had a motive to discriminate. It's kind of like religion uh landlords are often barred from discriminating based on religion now i think that that's a very different kind of prohibition and i think much more justifiable than a ban on criminal history discrimination but the analogy is this if you can't discriminate based on religion as a landlord it would be pretty unwise for you to even ask someone's religion because then people will say well why is he asking it must be because he likes to discriminate and on top of that he Um, uh, 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 he now knows this information which enables him to discriminate. So the wise move for landlords is just not ask those questions at all.
4: You don't know this probably, but in anticipation of your being here, I told the audience that I saw parallels to the Fair Housing Act where you can't use ethnic references, nationalities, religious references. You can't use sex, gender, or sexual orientation. So we're, we're thinking in the same way. And, you know, there's a laundry list. Uh, hud puts out that says you know here are things you cannot do you can't speak for example in an ad for a rental of the ability to walk to worship you can't talk about an apartment being suitable for quote unquote one child or non-drinkers etc 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 it all gets rather complicated what what do we say to a person professor Volok, who says well wait a minute i have here's another one you're not allowed to say i have a, a mother-in-law suite over the garage uh, don 't I have a right to know if the person i 'm going to rent it to you know has has gone away for a while has done time
2: um well uh so uh so i think uh, uh that uh, uh the uh, that 's really a question not about whether what you know but what you can do about it because if it, even if you have this uh uh the uh um uh, the right to know about it but you can 't discriminate you then what 's the point of your knowing it really? I mean, maybe you can take extra steps to protect yourself, but the best step that you want to take is just not to hire to this person and uh, to hire not to rent to this person and the ordinance to its credit does have an exception for that in addition to asking about uh, about uh, uh, sexual uh, uh, offenses you, it also allows to ask uh, 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 about uh, 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 ask people when, when they're renting uh, property that is uh, um, uh, where the owner or uh, occupies part of a single family dwelling unit. So uh, so if there's uh, say a rooming house or something like that. And, wait, and likewise, I get to ask? Uh, when I get we're to talking ask about the detached accessory dwelling unit. So that's what wait. You're
4: can I ask or can I act on it too? In other words, if it's attached to my house, it is now the standard different and now I can preclude them?
2: Uh, so my understanding of the ordinance is that, in fact, you can take adverse action. You certainly are allowed to ask. The Interesting. The inquiry provision specifically covers that.
4: Professor Volokh, are you, I, I respect your legal judgment, are you comfortable with the way in which this was decided?
2: Uh, yes, I think as a legal matter, it is correct, uh, 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 As a, that landlords don't have a constitutional right to refuse to or to rent uh, to tenants who have criminal histories even very severe criminal histories uh i i don't think it's quite fair to the landlords i don't think it's quite fair to the other tenants uh i think many a tenant would much rather live in a in a, a housing unit where the, the other people don't have very serious criminal histories of criminal offenses and uh, and uh, the, they have an exception for sex offenders but Sex offenses, while very serious, aren't the only serious offenses.
4: Right. So uh, that, I mean, it's, if, if it's most...
2: Said, that's a decision for the political process. And if that's what the uh, uh, what the voters uh, of Seattle through their legislators decide, you know, the solution to that is political, not legal.
4: So if, if I want to be overly simplistic, and for the purpose of people who are hearing this and, and want to be able to pass on the word of the outcome, the outcome is that there's no constitutional right to preclude uh, someone from renting from you because they have a criminal record.
2: There's no constitutional right to... Uh, uh, to, to uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I misheard what you were saying. Yeah, there's no constitutional right to refuse to rent to someone who has a criminal record.
4: Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm I'm talking about...
2: You have to ignore people's criminal records in deciding, uh, uh, under Seattle law, in deciding whether to rent to them. And Seattle's entitled to do that, whether we think it's wise for it to do that or not.
4: Uh, Is Seattle an anomaly? Are you aware of other areas in the country where this is an issue?
2: Well, yes. Yes, according to the opinion, there are a bunch of places uh, that have these kinds of restrictions uh not a, i mean it's not the majority of the country it's mostly some cities and i think maybe one state uh but uh uh but uh, uh most of them have narrower restrictions on landlords. So they allow landlords, for example, to consider uh, uh, relatively uh, uh, recent crimes, uh, or or they may allow them to consider convictions but not arrests, or they allow them to consider a wide range of really serious crimes. The Seattle ordinance seems to be unusually broad.
4: And Professor Volokh, this is similar to the whole issue surrounding what's described as check the box, right? Whether uh, an employer should be able to inquire of someone's criminal past the same logic uh... in opposition people say we need to give a fair chance to someone otherwise they're going to be precluded from employment they're going to be precluded from housing opportunities We're never going to allow them to get a leg up again if they've come out of the system
2: well so as i understand uh... those ordinances what they generally do is a combination of two things One is they don't allow the employers to ask this up front as just a preliminary screening question. Employers can, however, ask later on, the theory being that if you require this to happen later in this process, employers may be more likely to at least seriously consider an application first. Think, oh, this looks like a great person. And then when they learn there's a criminal history, they say, well, maybe we'll take a chance on it. Um, uh the the second component is a lot of uh, these laws uh, uh also uh, allow oh prohibit some kinds of discrimination based on criminal history but allow others so often there's a balancing test that employers have to go through pretty vague but that's what they have to do they have to consider various factors such as the recency of the offense the gravity of the offense the connection of the offense to the kind of uh, work so for example if they're sending people into people's homes to do repair and such then maybe the existence of past not just uh, uh, sex offenses but let's say Violent offenses might be relevant, or the existence of theft offenses might be relevant if you're deciding whether to hire someone in a position where there's a lot of money uh, lying around um, or a lot of valuables. Uh, they're generally not as categorical as the Seattle ordinances.
4: I was I was fixated on this from the perspective of the landlord. Professor Eugene Volok puts in my head. What about the duty that's owed to other tenants?
2: Well, so this is uh, one possible value of the ordinance as a practical matter, again, whether you think it's just or not or good on balance or not, um, is uh, uh, that uh, uh, landlords are indeed potentially liable under general premises liability law to keep their tenants safe, uh, reasonably safe, not absolutely safe, but, but take reasonable steps to keep them safe. And one possible step might be not to rent to dangerous other people. Well, that's a pretty substantial burden on landlords that it looks like this ordinance will probably lift because one defense to this argument, you negligently failed to screen out uh, criminals as my neighbors. Is, I had no choice. I wasn't negligent. I was just following the law. I had to do this. Right. So, so, so this would, in principle, um, uh, this would actually free landlords of that liability.
4: Here, here's what I wrote in the margin. In the margin, I wrote in Seattle, if you want to ask a prospective tenant about their criminal past, go ahead. But you can't you can't use it as a means of precluding them.
2: Right. And it'll be used against you probably in a lawsuit if you do, uh, even quite sincerely, uh, you do say ultimately, look, uh, you, uh, I checked your, your credit uh, history as well, and, uh, and uh, you're just not likely to be able to afford this or something like that. If they turn around and sue you, then the very fact you asked the question will be used against you as evidence.
4: Boy, what an interesting case. Thank you so much for allowing me to intrude on your morning, because I, I, I like your analysis.
2: Uh, always such a pleasure to be to be on.
4: Professor Eugene Volok, ladies and gentlemen, from UCLA. Have a good day, Professor. Thank you.
0: This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM.
4: Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. NetSuite.com slash Smirconish. slash VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and
0: Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
2: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
0: Learn more at Meta.com slash Metaverse Impact.
4: Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Mike, you're in Hartford, Connecticut on this issue of what can a landlord inquire about a prospective tenant's criminal past? Your thoughts are what?
5: Mike, right, thank you for taking my call. I'm driving and I couldn't research it. Um, but my question is, I know in Connecticut, if you commit a crime or a sexual crime, you have to register as a sex offender. And that becomes public knowledge when you move to a new residence. How does that differ from a landlord asking the same question of a person of a person?
4: Okay, so in the sex offender category and if you yourself as the landlord live on premises, there are exceptions. So that's treated differently. But you could say you could say it's the same logic. It's a logic of recidivism, right? right? I mean, what, what is the justification yes. for registering sex offenders? And I, I have to tell you, talk about an unpopular position. I'm, I'm willing to entertain a conversation that that's really unfair. Because you're, now right. you're never giving a person an opportunity to, to get their life back together. But, of course, if I make that argument, I'm arguing on behalf of sex offenders.
5: Right. 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 I just I just found it very interesting as a uh, yeah. a, a former landlord. You know, about right. uh, asking those questions. And it's funny because as a former landlord, long story short, we um, moved to a different area and we rented for a while. It was very difficult to get a rent, and I have no criminal record. But the problem was I never rented before, so I had no credentials. So,
4: right. Yeah, no, no, no refer, no reference for them to check on. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Uh, Lori is a landlord. You've never, Lori, you've never thought about asking of the a person's criminal past.
3: You know what? I mean, call me naive. I, I rent strictly based on the financial information. And as you're having this conversation, I realize, you know, I'm kind of leaving myself vulnerable because if the other rental, if the other tenants, if something happened, you know, I mean, I, I don't imma- I can't imagine what would happen. But let's say I rent to a guy and he, and, he, and he robs another tenant's apartment and it turns out that I didn't ask. Am I then liable? I don't ask on the application. I don't ask.
4: Is the application that you rely on an industry standard application or do you have your own? Um,
3: that's a good question. I, I've, I haven't, I have good tenants that have been in for a while. And so to you be haven't honest, had to. I, I haven't had to do it, but I think it's usually, I just take the easy one, like real you know, like the, the free one that I get on Google.
4: I I thought Professor Volokh made a good point, which is if you're not allowed to act on it in Seattle, then you probably don't want to ask about it because if you ask about it and then don't do business with the tenant. The tenant's going to turn around and say, "Wait a minute, you're discriminating against me because I answered your question about my criminal past."
3: Right. So I uh, I you know, I guess I uh, I without really thinking too deeply, I think I subscribe to your theory about the Michael Vick. If somebody I, I feel differently about sex offenders and we can have that discussion at another time. I I have I agree and disagree with you about that. But um barring that, I I, I yeah you're you've done something, you you paid your dues. I, I don't know. like once you ask, then it gets more nuanced. like what did you do? How long did you serve? I, you know,
4: I just don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to know. I mean if we were if we were selling precious metals and I'm giving you access to all the goods, I think it's entirely reasonable to inquire of whether you have a criminal past beyond you're You're, right i'm giving you're disagreeing tc's scowling at me no no i agree with that but i like steven singer okay no i like steven singer you're gonna work behind his counter i am completely in agreement with the work question but isn't the housing question
0: even more intimate that's why i'm I'm thinking if you believe that how can you say you don't have to like shouldn't know for for housing
4: well i'm hoping you're gonna steal the diamonds and and not kill the neighbor what's good for one is good for all i heard you you're funny Thank you. Whack, whack. Hey, Lori, nice to hear from you. Thanks. See ya. See ya. Uh, Michelle is in San Francisco. Hello, Michelle.
6: Hi, Michael. Hi, TC. It's Michelle from San Francisco, who is at Unconvention. And ah, nice. Thank I you. <laughs> yeah. I have been a residential property manager for over 25 years in San Francisco and teach fair housing classes. Ah. And it's problematic. It always has been. We've never, excuse me, never run criminal background checks on our applicants because of the disparate impact issue. And it's, in my opinion, when we are processing our applications, anything that's derogatory is going to come up in a credit check, which we can check. We can confirm the source of income. So if I'm running a credit check and it shows up that there's seven years in the past that's missing from where their previous residents are, it's going to pop up and we're going to ask the question, where did you live for the last seven years? Oh, I was incarcerated, right? Right. So there's been no point in running criminal background checks for us. What a
4: great observation.
6: But the downside of it is if I do put somebody into a unit who then – commits a crime or hurt somebody else in the building, then I am on the hook and the landlord's on the hook for having to evict that person and all of the costs associated with that.
4: Michelle, it's uh, it's really a conundrum then for you, right? It sounds to me like you're <laughs> using your street smarts from the criminal background check. Do you, okay, if I am that person and if for seven years I'm missing and now you figure out that I was in you know federal housing, as they say, Uh, what do you do with that information?
6: Well, I'm not going to be able to rent to them because I don't have a previous landlord reference.
4: Okay, but that's really just like a a hedge, right? You're really not renting to them because now you know they were in the slammer.
6: Well, yes, but I mean, I'm not going to be asking that question as far as like where, you know, I need that previous confirmation that they've been a decent renter and took care of the property. And if I can't get that information then their application is going to get declined.
4: Okay. I went away for seven years. I've been out for three, and I now have a good reference because when I got out, I I somehow found an apartment, and I paid my rent on time. Are you allowing me to live in your housing? Absolutely. Okay. Hey, by the way, you say you you teach uh, Fair Housing Act. What are some of the common mistakes that get made in terms of the advertising, I rattled off a couple, but what comes to your mind of, of things that people might be surprised you cannot put in an ad?
6: Well, it's funny, as I was listening earlier this morning, you and TC were both talking about the
4: walk-up or walk-in. Yeah. We never use walk. Oh, you never use walk at all. Right? No. Probably smart. Yeah, probably smart. Yeah.
6: Got to be very careful in your wording, and I teach that to people, and they look at me like I'm crazy. But, you know, even in that ADA kind of compliance, you know, somebody may be wheeling up.
4: Right. right. I mean, some of these things are, are, are quite obvious, and some of them you, you have to sort of think about. Like, why, why would two people, quote-unquote, two people, be unacceptable, uh, you know, obviously, inquiring of whether someone is is white or black or whatever it might be, that's pretty damn obvious. Newlyweds, I mean, there's another one. Newlyweds shows up on the unacceptable list.
6: Well, yes, I mean, it, we look at everybody as individuals, not so much their. Um, are they able to live there financially? I don't care if they're roommates. I don't care if they're married. You know, what is the only thing we can really decline people is their source of income. And can they pay the rent and their previous landlord history of taking care of the unit? It's all factually based questions regarding the unit.
4: So my list is broken up unacceptable, caution, acceptable. On the caution list, Fisherman's Retreat. From a gender perspective, that, that apparently is problematic. Gentleman's farm. Grandma's house. Nanny's yeah, room. Yeah. I mean, you got to, you know, as TC was saying, you got to stick to the facts. Just like, what are the dimensions and what's under the roof? Here's the fourth bedroom. So I'm you don't get in trouble. Here. <laughs> the Say that
6: again? The features and the benefits.
4: Yeah. About yeah. the unit itself. Never talk about the people. Right. Yep. Couples only. Nope. Female roommate. Oh, here's how about this one? Bachelor pad. Like I can imagine somebody I can imagine somebody who's maybe not uh, just dialed in on on today's norms having a place on their property. Like, oh, it's a great bachelor's pad. That's like an expression my mother would have would have used man cave. Right. Man cave. Right. Man cave. No. And in California,
6: we have on the list of 20 protected classes. The very end is any arbitrary discrimination.
4: Catch all, huh?
6: Yep. So if I don't rent to those who wear glasses, right, I could be creating a protected class of people who wear glasses.
4: Mm-hmm. Traditional is not a word that uh, that is recommended. Uh, sophisticated. Straight only. Okay, I can understand that. Some of these, though, you as I say, you gotta, you got to put some thought into it. Michelle, thank you for that. Appreciate your expertise. Of course. Thanks. See ya. The conversation continues momentarily. This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4.
0: Explore more stories like Shana's at Meta.com slash Metaverse Impact.
4: Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel
5: 124 and on the SXM app.
4: Amanda, you're in Madison, Mississippi. Greetings. Hi.
1: Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I wanted to start off by saying that Mississippi has the highest incarceration rate in the country. And it's because of recidivism. My daughter is... uh, She's been out six years now, and she still, to this day, cannot find a job. Amazon let her on for weeks only to uh, tell her to come to work, and she got to work, and they locked her out. Okay? Nursing home, put her through CNA school and then pulled her out, even though she had 105 for her grade, pulled her out, told her she couldn't go into the nursing home. Um, And it's just... So now she's living off the state, right? She, they're not paying for her to live in the jail or in a prison. They're paying for her. They're still paying for her, right? So because she's because she's never, got, she's never got she's never gotten
4: a cl- she's never gotten a clean slate,
1: right? So so then at this point, you know, and she's got two little girls. She's had character letters. Um, I co-signed on the crappy little place she's living now, but they need to get out of there because the ceiling's falling in. Right. Um, she's been there three years, never been late on rent. So how about co-signers and character letters for the landlords that are renting? Right, right. Ban, ban the box, period. Ban the box all around.
4: Amanda, I'm so grateful to you for calling because we needed to hear this. Like, like how do, how do we do right by Amanda's daughter who has paid her debt to society and now wants right. to be an upstanding citizen, can't get a job and right. can't find a place to live?
1: correct so now she's on tamp food stamps she i mean they're just we're paying for taxpayers are taxpayers are still paying for her tamp is it's money for the children and money if you can't find a job they have to give you money to live off of the state does
4: why does mississippi have the highest incarceration rate in the nation according to you (laughs)
1: um it goes beyond the state it's really actually the world But I think it's all politics. You know, I'm in the South.
4: Right. Well, what does that mean? mean, Like the the throw the book out of the throw the book out of mentality lives on? Is it discrimination? Is it what accounts for it?
1: it, Oh, it actually it it certainly is discrimination. And because I'm white, I'm being heard. Right. I'm a token for the black community so that they'll listen. If I was a black woman, they wouldn't listen to me. And it's true. Who? I in I've been all kinds of advocate the whole state.
4: Oh, I, I see. Speak, you're you're an, you're active as an advocate. Rooms. Right.
1: Yes. I speak and, in legislature backrooms, rooms, all that.
4: And you're welcome um, you're welcomed in places that a black female, black male would not be welcome.
1: Well, I mean they're welcome, but right. they're not hurt as well because um I'm the minority in that situation, in the prison situation, because we're I white. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm. Yeah. All right. I, I wish good things for your daughter.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for taking my call.
4: Appreciate it. Love this audience. Everybody listening. Every angle. Every angle. Things. We, things we would never. Th- things I would never have thought of. Things I would never have thought of.
3: The Smirconish Podcast, for independent minds.
0: Listen to Michael Smirconish live, weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS channel 124, or anytime on the SXM app.
3: Connect with Michael
0: on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president?